It's time for episode 432 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, January 5th, 2022. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast that's chiming in the new year. I am one of your hosts, Micah Sargent, and I am joined across the internet by my good pal, my dungeon buddy, and just an all-around great guy. It's Dan, the man, Morin. How you doing, Dan? Ding dong, ding dong. I don't know what sound chiming makes. Is that accurate? That works. I don't have any bells. Okay. It's like a, I don't know, I feel it's like a big deal. It's a big deal ushering in the new year. It is a big deal. And uh, you know what else is a big deal? Our guests today. To my left is a geek podcaster, an engineer, a writer. I mean, what doesn't Allison Sheridan do? Welcome back to the show, Allison. Well, maybe you'll find out in this week's episode of Clockwise. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, maybe. Maybe we will. To my left this week, it is a senior editor at 9to5Mac. It's Zach Hall. Welcome back, Zach. Hey, everybody. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. All right, folks, you know how this show works. We've got four topics, 30 minutes, and I'm kicking things off with mine. My question for you, what services and or methods do you use to make your digital photographs into physical media, if you do so at all? Allison, we'll start with you. Well, starting out uh, hot here with what does Allison not do? Allison doesn't print (laughs) photographs. (laughs) I I was crazy about printing photos when uh, in the pre-digital era, and I've got uh, a couple hundred very well-organized photo albums. And uh, my husband Steve is in the process of ripping them all apart and uh, and scanning them in so that we don't have any physical media at all. I just just don't. It just doesn't come up. Haven't haven't done it in years now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't tend to do it very much. Like Allison, I've got a bunch of old photographs from the the pre-digital era, uh, and I'm more concerned with getting those into a digital form than the other way around, to be sure. Um, I don't have anything in the house that would do it. I don't have any photo printers or anything like that. On the rare occasion when I've needed to print something out, I usually just rely on like my local like drugstore, like my CVS or Walgreens or something, because mm-hmm. they've made it pretty easy these days to upload stuff and then go print it out and pick it up at my leisure. Um, and on occasion, I've done that when I've wanted to, say, print out a picture and get it framed or give a photo to somebody. Um, but it's been a long time since I've, I don't even remember the last time I did that. I think it might've been, we got some, um, wedding photos printed out, uh, to, uh, to give to our parents, but I think that was the last one. So that would have been, you know, almost three years ago now. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess not so much. Zach, what about you? Do you print out photos? I, I do the Walgreens method where I have the app on my iPhone and, and I, you know, order four by sixes or five by sevens and pick them up at the drugstore. But what I've, what I've also learned is that, um, not only do I and most people that I know not, not print out photos anymore, but my parents don't. And when I go to visit, there's photos of all my brothers and sisters and their families and none of me unless I give them a photo of something. <laughs> so that's what I have to print for is to be included in the family. 
Uh, that's funny. Um, so I used to not have a whole lot of physical uh, media. And then I decided that I wanted to. Um, and so I have done the, the Walgreens or the CVS method of going and getting those uh, printed out there. But I also, um, my partner has the this little it's sort of like a Polaroid printer. Um, mm-hmm. It connects to your phone and you put in the the little cartridge and it has a bunch of different Polaroid uh, print things inside of it. And then he can send it to it and it'll print it out in these uh, cute little photos that you can do things with. You can you know, put them in frame or whatnot. Um, but what I have found delightful uh, for a couple of reasons is a service offered by Google Photos. It's called Premium Prints. And what you do is you pay uh, a monthly subscription. I think it's like $7.99 a month. And they will send you each month prints from your photo library. So what I found is that it actually, I'm not a, I, I, Every time I go and do something on the rare occasion that I do right now, I always forget to take photos. I don't, uh, I, I don't take out my phone. I don't take photos. And this thing encourages me to do so because when it comes time for your monthly prints, they will send you uh, a message. You pop in and it'll show you a list of the photos that it chose from, you know, I think the, it thinks these are the best from what you have uh, added to your Google Photos library. And then you can change them. You can edit them. You can do all these things with them. And so now I've got this delightful mixture of photos that have been sent to me of my uh, baby niece and uh, photos that I've taken of my my dogs and photos that you know my partner and I have taken, et cetera, et cetera. And they come to me every single month, and I can you know keep some of them just physically uh, tucked away. Some of them can go into a photo album, or some of them can be framed. And so it's been a really nice thing um, having these physical prints again, and also being encouraged to take more photos uh, and reminded because it's like, oh yeah, I want to make sure that that gets it into the the uh, premium photos prints. So I quite dig it. And I was curious if anyone else was using anything like that. Um, Let us move on to our next topic, which comes from Allison. Well, I want to talk about external monitors. When you get an external display, do you find that you have to adjust it higher or adjust it lower? Or do you have frustration with displays that can't go up and down? What What are you using, Dan? Uh, playing the part of Allison in this topic will be me. I don't have an external display. Uh, now I'm going to caveat that I do have a 27 inch iMac. Uh, it is on a riser. Um, one of the old 12 South. Well, I can't remember which ones you're called. High Mac. I don't, uh, high rise, the high rise stand. Um, because I'm fairly tall and my desk height is got to be lower to accommodate sort of the ergonomics. So I have to raise it up. I've done the same thing. I used to have a, one of those old Apple cinema displays. I attached a laptop to, uh, and that one also was propped up on several like big hefty books for a long time because again, it was too low and I do find it annoying. I do wish, uh, you know, Apple spends so much time thinking about things like ergonomics, and I'm always a little bit annoyed that the iMac stand does not extend in some way, and it doesn't look like the uh, 24-inch iMac has changed that at all. So for those of us who are a little bit taller or have longer torsos, you know, and you need to prop the thing up, you still have to go and buy a third-party solution for that kind of thing or, you know, resort to a couple thick, hefty books. So I do wish they were a little more uh, accommodating in that way, but uh, I guess Apple doesn't care about ergonomics. Bring back the iMac G4. That's what I say with the adjustable screen. That was great. Zach, what about you? I think that answer counts. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, my answer is um, it, it, it's been a while since I've had a, a, a desktop environment with multiple displays. But the last time I did, my solution for um, raising things up or lowering was my my standing desk. Even if I didn't use it for like standing all the time, it was adjustable up and down and sitting position as well. And so that's how I would um, raise up and then tilt the monitor down toward me if if I needed to. Um, as long as you've got your your you know input devices, mouse and keyboard somewhere level, um, that can work pretty well. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I also share the desire for the iMac and and uh, Apple's monitors to to. Um, to 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 be more adjustable and and maybe without a you know the thousand dollar stand that's very adjustable you know <laughs> turn it all around and everything um, I wish that was that was common in all all Apple uh, displays attached with computers inside my guy well so I sprung for a uh, dual monitor arm for the two monitors that I have and. That mostly fixed the problem, but for the most part, I kind of always wish that my monitors were a little bit higher. I'm a relatively tall person, and I always find myself uh, either, yeah, like Dan, putting something underneath the uh, monitor stands, or in the case of a, a monitor arm, sort of sacrificing positioning that I would want uh, horizontally for positioning that I need vertically to make the monitors, uh, to put the monitors where I need them to be uh, in my vision. So yeah, monitors tend not to be by default tall enough for me. Um, and I find myself having to look down at them. So then I will tilt them backwards so that they're just lightly angled up toward my uh, eyes versus what I'd like them to be, which is in that proper positioning, according to all of the ergonomic suggestions available. Allison, why don't you round us out here? Well, this highly scientific survey we've just taken backs up exactly what I believe <laughs> to be true from listening to people on podcasts. Men all think the monitors are too low. <laughs> I got a Pro Display XDR with the $1,000 stand that Zach described. And uh, I am above average height for an American white female. And uh, the top of that display is four inches higher than the top, the uh, my eye line of vision. Four inches. So for the past year, I haven't been able to see the top four inches without, you know, leaning back in my chair rather than wreck my neck. So we just replaced that with a $250 setup, which is a visa mount and an articulated arm. So as of right now, for the first time in a year, I'm comfortable looking at my display. Oh my. And I, I'm fascinated by the fact that all men are looking at these these risers and putting things on books and displays are too tall for me. And uh, Zach, you mentioned it being adjustable. It is adjustable. It goes up. I can stand at my desk and have it be at the top of my line oh, of no. vision. But I can't lower it to where I can see it. So uh, that is my highly scientific uh, uh, explanation of Apple doesn't ever test displays on uh, on women. That's what I think is happening. Yeah. Interesting. All right, folks, we have reached halftime. So we're going to take a quick break and then we will be back with more. Uh, when leading your small business, it's not all glamour. In fact, sometimes it's a matter of spending hours trying to find a laptop that's lost in the mail that's supposed to be for a new hire. Or maybe it's dealing with some other technical emergency. The team over at Electric 
They know small businesses, maybe like yours, face these challenges. That's why they've solved this problem for you by operating as your IT department. Instead of spending your time sorting through unused application licenses, setting up employee laptops, and answering never-ending IT questions from your team, you can build that empire. With Electric acting as your IT department, you can get back to what you're good at, plus you get a really cool IT platform to see and manage everything while they handle the latte sludge. It's like this idea of having the the IT stuff handed off and not have to worry about that, if that's not your, your sort of bent, is a really cool idea. You can imagine those times whenever you were getting the messages about needing to have uh, your computer fixed and you're going, oh, this is, you know, I, I need to be working on this, that and the other. And uh, having an IT department there to, uh, to do these things for you is really handy. For Clockwise listeners out there, Electric is offering a free pair of Beats Solo 3 headphones for taking a qualified meeting. Just go to electric.ai slash clockwise to set it up. That's electric.ai slash clockwise to get your free pair of Beats Solo 3 headphones today for scheduling a meeting. And of course, our thanks to Electric for their support of this show. Alrighty, we are back from break and that means it's time for Dan's Topic. All right. Well, rumor has it that Apple may be considering launching an audiobook service later in the year. Obviously, they already sell audiobooks on the Apple Bookstore, but it seems like this would be more of a subscription service. So my question for you is, do you listen to audiobooks and what would it take you to switch from your current service? What what could Apple offer? What is their potential edge here in the audiobook market? Zach? Yeah, I I like to buy physical books and like display them, but usually only if I've read them. And by read, I do mean listen to the audio book. Because, <laughs> uh, that's, that's that's what I have time for. You know, I'm adjusted to listening to podcasts, and um, it's it's so rare for me to have the attention span to sit and you know read a book for um, any meaningful number of uh, amount of time to get through it. And audio books are just like listening to podcasts for me and then I can follow them. I can multitask and my brain doesn't, um, you know, think of 10 other things to do. I can use my hands for something and be productive. Um, and, and so I, I am, I'm an on again, off again, audible uh, subscriber. And, um, that's where a lot of my books are, my audio books, but I've also bought audio books from Apple. Um, and, and there's a really good interface for, for audio books in Apple's books app. Um, but the books are pricey and, um, it's not the, the primary, you know, purpose of the app and it's mostly an e-reader. Um, but, but if they had a competitive price, you know, I imagine if Apple won the bundle could make it competitive to a standalone audible subscription, then that would pull me in and I, I wouldn't be brand new to it. It would just be now I can use this thing I like a lot more. What about you, Micah? I'm an on-again, on-again Audible uh, subscriber. <laughs> I have hundreds of titles in Audible. Uh, chances are, if I am doing something that does not require my listening, uh, then I am listening to an Audible audiobook of some sort. Um, I There's a, a lot of crafting that I do, and while I'm crafting, I'm listening to audiobooks. Uh, and then other tasks, again, that don't require my uh, my attention in that way. There's there tends to be an audiobook playing. So I'm huge on audiobooks. It is how I read books for the most part. Um but 
the thing that you mentioned, Zach, right there at the end, at first I was going to say, there's nothing that would get me to switch from Audible because I've got a huge library there and I can always go back and get them. And I've tried a few others and I always kind of forget that I've got titles there because of my huge audio book library. But if it was part of an Apple One subscription, that could make a difference because I do like the credit system on Audible. Um, what I end up doing is... There are there are books where I get really good deals. Um, where if you buy the Kindle version for like two ninety nine, then you can get the Audible audiobook for seven forty nine or something like that. And I'll usually just go ahead and make that purchase and save my credits for uh, ones that don't offer that deal. Um, so if there was a, a similar sort of deal with uh, Apple, if you have an Apple One subscription, that could get me to make the switch because. It is right now kind of cost prohibitive um, to buy audiobooks from most other places uh, if you've got a subscription that you're doing with Audible like I do. So yeah, that I was going to say, no, there's nothing that could get me to change. But Zach, you brought up the uh, Apple One thing, and that actually could be something that would get me to change. Allison, what about you? Well, I believe we will be two for two on what does Allison not do? Um, I don't listen to audiobooks. I have nothing against them, but I have so many podcasts to listen to that there just isn't space for it there. I'd have to give up. I mean, I, I like to read cohesively, so I can't imagine listening to an audiobook for 15 minutes and then switching to a podcast like Clockwise. When would I find time to listen to Clockwise? So um, I don't do that. I do read a lot. I read up to as many as four pages a night before I fall asleep, but I, I keep on going. I never give up. So no, I, I, I don't know that there's a place for audiobooks in my life. I like the idea of on a road trip, though, maybe on a road trip once in a while. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. a la carte would be what I'd be more interested in. Yeah, it's funny. I'm with you on this one, Allison. On a road trip is basically the only time I listen to audiobooks. I I barely have time to listen to podcasts as it is. It's just very hard for me to multitask uh, other than like, a handful of chores sort of I'm doing around the house. Um, so I, I really prefer reading like visually. I, I, for me, that's just always the best way for me to absorb information. Um, so I, <laughs> I have never been able to listen to any amount of my audiobook versions of my own books. I find that incredibly distracting and like fingers <laughs> on the chalkboard, not because they're not great and they're not fine. It's just like, Oh my God, all the, <laughs> I just want to fix everything. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I feel like a service for me is not the most compelling offer. Although as, as people suggested, if it gets bundled into Apple one and I ended up with it, I would probably give it a shot. I have used audible only like through like free trials and stuff over the past several years. Um, my wife does occasionally get audiobooks. Uh, but I don't, I think the only time I listen to them is really when we're on like a long car drive together and it's been a very, very small number of times. So this would not be a super compelling thing for me to jump onto, but I can understand exactly why Apple feels like it's a place where maybe they can make a bit of a difference and, and maybe take some uh, market share away from Amazon, which obviously dominates the audiobook uh, arena. Thank you all for your thoughts on that. Let's go to our final topic, which comes from Zach. Sure. So, um, as 2022 came in, I was, you know, thinking about nine to five Mac for the year and what's on the horizon. And, and I realized that this could be the year that Apple's mixed reality headset, whether it's VR, virtual reality, AR, augmented reality, or a mix of both comes to market. Um, and I don't know about you guys, but I'm, I'm not like an instant customer for this thing because I don't know what it does and what I would want it for. Um, but so it has me thinking about it. So what features or experiences would you want to see in some sort of a mixed reality headset to make it appeal to you, Micah? You know, this one's... Um, 
I think there's not a whole lot that it needs to do to appeal to me. It appeals to me by default. So that that kind of is is what makes this question a little difficult for me. Um, I am entirely uh, into this idea of an augmented reality uh, headset. And I think that, I, I guess if there's anything to say, it would be that it that this this headset leans more toward AR than VR, and that reason being that I think um, AR is what I am most looking forward to in the future, and the idea of sort of having a screen in front of me, but also still being able to see around me, is a big thing. Versus this excellent VR headset that I have in the Oculus Quest 2 um, that I don't use all that often because of the way that it sort of cuts me off from the world and at times does make me feel a little bit queasy. So if this mixed reality headset um, is more on the AR side, which I really hope it is, given Tim Cook always talking about how much AR is is uh, something that that he is personally interested in and thinks it's the future, that is what's going to make me more likely to uh, want to convince uh, Twit to let me buy one. <laughs> Allison, what about you? I think I'm going to go along almost exactly with what you said, Micah. Um, One of my most famous statements on DTNS was when I said, I don't believe in VR. And Tom uh, Merritt said, well, it does exist, Allison. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I I don't see any problem that it solves outside of gaming. In gaming, there's nothing wrong with it. That's awesome. Everybody, you go game and you have a good old time. I don't, um, you know, I'm not buying into the metaverse. I'm, I'm just, I'm not there. I don't see it. Um, but augmented reality, adding something to my life that I things I can't see normally sounds really swell. But for it to really be appealing, I don't see how glasses are ever going to do it because I wear glasses. So I'm not going to be able to, you know, participate in society wearing a VR glasses or AR glasses and not be able to actually see because my prescription isn't there. So I, I don't know. I, I keep thinking of uh, Minority Report where the uh, augmented reality was things talking to Tom Cruise as he would run through a, you know, run through a a store. Hey, we've got this shirt in your size, Tom. Maybe that's where it's really got to get to, not something stuck to your head. So I I don't know. I'll buy it, of course, if Apple makes it, you know, (laughs) duh. But I don't, I don't see it. I just don't see it yet, but I'm not, I'm not a futurist. Yeah. I think the devil's in the details in this one, more so than almost any other product Apple has made in the last 45 years. Um, the use cases are unclear and Apple's going to need to come up with a pretty good story to tell people because there are existing VR and AR headsets and they have appeal to them. I think I would agree. Gaming seems to be the biggest killer app for them right now, but it is something that is difficult. As Micah mentioned, some people don't react well to it, you know, like just physiologically, it doesn't work for them. I think that that is a tough hurdle to overcome in some cases. Uh, I'm intrigued because I think they have talked about AR so much because Apple is not a company that focuses a lot on games, despite what Apple Arcade might try to make you think. Um, it's just not something they have really ever grokked. And I have a hard time in my like sort of imagining that's going to change. I think the applications of something like AR that's more practical to everyday life, whether it be something like, okay, we'll show you directions as you're walking around the city, you know, in the same way that maps on newer phones can in some cities right now, that seems to me to be laying the groundwork for an augmented reality thing. One feature that came up like last year that I think 
I kind of imagine might be a centerpiece is share play. Um, it's not hard for me to imagine the idea of you being able to go into a virtual space and watch media or consume media with a friend and have that sort of like either an avatar or a FaceTime call uh, in there. I, I think it's... It's an interesting idea. Uh, I don't see it something very much for people who are like a family. I'm not seeing everybody in the family wearing their uh, VR headsets on the couch and watching a movie together when you could just, you know, watch a movie together on the couch. But in these days where many of us are socially distanced from our friends and family, I can imagine that enabling perhaps a more immersive experience when it comes to sharing media with other people. And they spent so much time talking about it integrating into every single platform. I have a hard time believing it will not be integrated into any new sort of mixed reality platform. So I'm intrigued by that. I'm not sure if it's something I'll use or not. But like, you know, I, I like this idea of stretching capabilities and trying new and different things. Uh, I don't think this is going to be necessarily a huge product. Everybody expects it to be, but uh, I think it's uh, potentially interesting. Zach, why don't you wrap us up here? Yeah, I, I am excited about it like I was for the Apple Watch. And, and um, you know, for me, that's had a, a bigger impact than I had expected. So maybe this is something that will surprise me as well. The one like feature or experience that I, that I kind of want, but I'm not sure how to pull it off would be... Um, I watched the movie Swan Song on Apple TV Plus recently, and it's got a lot of really futuristic stuff in it, like, um, you know, video calling, um, you know, it's like a hologram in front of you and they see you. And so I was thinking, you know, I do a lot of FaceTime calls with my iPhone, with my Mac, and um, it's always, you know, part of the challenge there is do I hold the phone out and position it where I look mm -hmm. okay, you know, and um, where am I looking and everything. So um, that, that's always, you know kind of in the way of the experience, but I, but I rely on FaceTime for keeping in touch with the friends and family across the country and world. And, um, so for me, it would be to have this hands-free experience, you know, with this headset where I can see the person that I'm talking to, uh, over FaceTime, but I don't know how to work out how they see me or for both using the headset, how we see, like show, show each other. Mm -hmm. Um, unless maybe it's the, the phone is like set somewhere as a satellite camera or something, but, um, you know, ideally it's all one experience and it's with the headset. So, um, but, but, but video calling where it's, it's almost, you know, it's as close to being in person as you can be you know, frictionless with your, it's hands-free, um, is, is what appeals to me. I just don't know how we, how we do that yet. Yeah, that's, uh, that'll be interesting. Uh, that's a tough one. Folks, we are just about to the end of this episode, but I do have a bonus topic for you. I'm curious, do you consider yourself a prankster or do you avoid pranking friends and family? Allison? All right, we've, uh, we've hit all of the numbers. No, I am not <laughs> someone who does any pranking. Mm. I, yeah, probably a little bit. Uh, but fairly rarely. I it's not something I really invest a lot of time in. But I've definitely found myself in opportunities where I can, you know, maybe maybe pull a light, very light prank on some friends and family. But it's it's pretty rare. Zach, what about you? Yeah. Um. I want. I, I would say no, but I think that's what I, I think a prankster would say no. I think you guys are, are misleading <laughs> us. <laughs> You're setting us up. Um, no, I, I, as a dad, I'm a prankster every day. It's how you stay engaged. And um, I mean, even back in middle school, I remember the first time I had like a fart machine, putting it in my teacher's desk, and just not, you know, <laughs> having it go off. And you know, those those are fun experiences. So um, I, I've got a giant sense of humor, and it's like a, a big form of communication for me. So I would. I would say yes. I can't think of any like crazy things I've done lately, but um, I, I love to kind of create experience and then and then laugh about it if we can. Micah, <laughs> my my partner is a flailer, so I've learned not to be any kind of prankster <laughs> uh, because that results in injury 
and sometimes dramatic injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, so not a, not a prankster. And actually, I, I tend not to be, but um, my... I, I live, we live closer to my partner's family and his whole family is made up of pranksters. And so it can get pretty, pretty pranky at times. So that's what made me want to ask this question because I realized that in comparison to them, I am like the most halo angel person in the world. And I thought, um, am I alone in this? Uh, thank you all for your answers on that bonus topic. Uh, all that's left is to thank our awesome guests and of course, Allison Sheridan. We thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me yet again. I always have a blast. And Zach Hall, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, pleasure to be back. Thanks. And Micah, we'll be back next week. But until then, we remind everybody listening out there, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody. Bye.